Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Now, I have a problem with this graphic, though, because you're not that young. If they change the photo, I don't care. Yours isn't exactly flattering either. What is that look on your face? Are you trying to figure out what octogenarian is in that look? Probably. I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, baby. Week 8, Joint Mega Picks Podcast, PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned. We'll give you picks straight up and against the spread for every game, along with our best bets and our patent pending Folsom Prison Blues pick. Oh, it was another good week. Fourth straight week I've swept. And swept. By the way, we had Pete, a few weeks where we tied hey, some categories here, so I don't know if that consists I'm of going a by now, now, look, I'm going by something that was put in the document by Pete. Right. He's never wrong. Right. Except when he is. Except when he is. And, and he's given me the nickname Paste and Meatballs. I think he meant to type pasta and meatballs. Paste and meatballs is a different dish altogether. Yeah, it's not Especially very good. Especially if, if the paste is made of old quarterbacks sent to the glue factory with Matt Ryan. So uh, I'm not interested in paste and meatballs. And Pete, Pete, Pete's got OCD. He actually changed it. Yeah, I know he did. To pasta. <laughs> If he had OCD, he'd change this picture of you from 20 years ago. Okay. All right. First of all. All right. Where is it? There we go. Yes. Oh, God. There we are. That is amazing. You need to do do the full size, though, with the calf exposure and the Uggs, the knockoff Uggs. And there's Chris from the Topps football card that I found last week. And that actually happened. Like, I saw how much – the Tom Brady rookie card went for the Holy Grail Tom Brady rookie card of $2.4 million. And I just had this vague recollection that when my son was like three or four years old, I would buy him football cards just to try to indoctrinate him into something that I loved doing right. when I was a kid, right. getting football and baseball cards. And, and it never really took, but I still had some. 
So I went and found them, and I'm looking through them thinking, maybe I got one of these Tom Brady cards. Nobody knew who Tom Brady was in 2000 when I would have gotten it. I wouldn't have thought anything of it. Right. And I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, and there's Chris Sims. And there's another Chris Sims card. You got it, I got it, baby. two Chris Sims cards. That, I got another one, an action shot of you after you scored the touchdown in the playoff game right. where you did the dive and the turn, yeah. and you threw the ball into the cannon port. Right. That's the photo. Oh, it's you that, got that moment one. as you're getting up from the ground. Right. I got a few guys like hugging me or pulling me up from the ground and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the good old days. And I actually think the picture of the one we just showed there is actually the same season earlier in the year when we upset or came back to beat Washington in the regular season game. So, uh, yeah, look at that hair. That hair is flowing right there for sure. It's not sure. coming back. It's no, gone. it's not. No. It's retreated. It is. It's retreating it, at, a, at a fast pace. I can still grow it pretty long. I think I could. It just I don't know if it's going to look right with my the fact that the receding hairline is slowly creeping yeah. backwards here. You know what they call that? You know what they call that? They oh. call it a comb over. <laughs> the hair that's there continues to grow. That's not the issue. It's the hair that's not there that's an issue. The the follicles that continue to produce hair don't stop. They keep pushing it out and you just take it and you like you know, twist it all around and and fashion it a certain way and then paint your face orange and you're good to go. All right, let's get to it. Mike, I'm so uh, in my head with these picks. I've, it's the most nervous I've been with the pick show ever. It really is. I'm, I'm not, I mean, it's, I'm spending way more time the last few weeks doing this than not getting the results that I'd like. I don't know what to even I do. I don't even know what to I do. I don't know how I've passed you in best bets. I've gone totally cold. Well, I was going back to look at last week and going like, wait, where did I go wrong? I was looking at that last week. I'm really not that disappointed with last week. When I look at it, okay, yeah, you know, hey, I didn't pick the commanders to beat the Packers or the Panthers to beat the Bucks. I can deal with that. I picked the Giants to lose by a field goal. They won, you know, by a field goal. I can live with those type of ones. It is the best bets that are killing me, though. They're making me feel worse about my weeks. The fact that I picked the Bucks is one of the best bets, and the Patriots. That's where I'm. I'm I've never. I've never gotten to this point where I'm questioning myself as much as I am right now, picking games and not being able to pick the one or two that I really like. It's it's crazy. I'm really feeling the pressure. I'm not even lying. It's bothering I'm me. consistently year in year out around sixty percent straight up. I don't know that that's enough to make you money on a money line wager on a regular basis because that's not my world. I don't bet, but I'm feeling pretty good about how I'm doing against the spread. I'm seven games above water against the spread. I don't know that that's enough, thanks to the vig, to allow you to make money. But fifty six forty nine and three against the spread, I'll take that, yeah. and we'll try to continue that all odds provided by bet mgm let's get to it because only two teams on a bye this week chiefs and chargers everybody else in the pool and tonight the ravens face the buccaneers in tampa buccaneers two-point favorites you got it's too early to curse in this you got you got hosed at the drive-through by the buccaneers last week you made them a best bet you thought they were going to turn it around they got beat by 18 as 13-point favorites. Do they win tonight? Baltimore was a minus-one favorite yesterday. Something's happened. The people in Vegas know something. The money's gone to the Bucks. It swung three points. The Bucks now two-point favorites. Well, I, I think it's a little bit about what we talked about today as far as, you know, the, the, the Bucks. this isn't the worst matchup for their offense. And a defensive line that can't necessarily pressure by itself, right, 
We know you got to blitz Brady a little too much. He's he's seen it. He's going to find the right places to go. You know, the teams we see him continue to struggle again don't have to blitz. Like the Steelers two weeks ago, you know, like last week against the Carolina Panthers, they, had a front, they have front fours that they don't have to spend extra people to get to the quarterback, and then they're allowed to get to him now with that front four, and he's jumpy right now. So the Ravens' defense has been better. They have certainly have found their way. Where I do worry about them is that, yes, Brady will have just enough time to kind of slowly pick them apart. Then there's the other side of the ball where, you know, the Bucks defense is good. It's just not dominant at all. And, and, and that's where they're not dominant and they don't cause a lot of turnovers as of right now. And that's where they're different. And the Ravens got a big old line. We know that. I, the Bucks get pushed around a little bit. You heard me say today, Vita Vey is the only guy that can really hold his ground in the run game as an interior offensive lineman. You know, I, but, but, but I also worry about the fact that the Ravens' pass game is, yes, simpler, and teams have definitely caught on on kind of how to cover it or manage it so it doesn't explode like it did early in the year. I don't know, having said all of that, I just think the, I'm going to go with the Ravens in this one. I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson, you know, a team that I think is just hungrier rather than the team that's like trying to figure things out and what the hell's going on and does look like a little bit of a deer in the headlights right now. And with the Ravens and the way they've played defense the last few weeks, good disguises, you know, not having to blitz too much and all that, I'm going to take them to win on the road here. I am. I'm going to go 24-17 Ravens. I got 27-23 Ravens. Look, part of this is the Buccaneers piss me off because I keep thinking they're going to win and they keep losing. Yeah, that's so, what I'm done with it. I'm done. No further faith in them. And and if they want to use that as motivation that, oh, people think we're going to lose this week, well, it's because you've sucked lately. You've lost four out of five games. And they can say all they want. Well, you know, we're really going to turn it around now. Spirit is willing, but flesh is weak. I said that earlier today in relation to the Packers, I think, and we'll probably be saying it again later. I don't think the Bucs have the horses, and right now, changing the guard. We got Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers on Sunday night. We got Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady on Thursday night. This is an opportunity for the Ravens to kind of slam the door on the Buccaneers. And as I said earlier, John Harbaugh, keenly aware of that Ravens-Patriots rivalry and Tom Brady's role in it, he will relish the opportunity to make Brady look even more old and frail and done 27 23 Ravens win won't surprise me if the Bucks win though because lately on Thursday nights I have sucked I've lost like three straight Thursday nights so maybe I'm due one of us is due the Bucks are due or I'm due and you're due we'll find out well tonight. Thursday Let's night's tough on. as we always know and and again the, the other thing that's where I, I kind of went with I think it's a little bit of a disadvantage honestly for the the Bucks on this one because you got to worry about, hey, how do we figure out how to stop the Lamar run game and some of that stuff to where you don't have extra days to kind of toy with that idea for a struggling, you know, run defense as of right now. You know, but, but you're right. I mean, this is – it's scary. It's not going to be my best bet. It's not. But I think with the fact that the Bucks can't run the ball at all and that, that I don't expect them to be able to do that against the Ravens and now the Ravens, okay, now we know they're going to pass and we can play that type of defense – I think it plays in their favor. And to your point, I just think the Ravens are a hungrier team where the Bucks just are – they are what they are. I'm not giving up on them. They still can make the playoffs, but they're right around – yeah, they're, they're mediocre. That's all there is to say it. 
Pete is still tinkering with my nickname. Now it's paste or pasta in meatballs. Pete, we've moved on from that. We move on from Thursday night to Sunday morning. The last game in London this year. Not the last early morning start because we got one in Germany coming up. Seahawks Bucks in a couple of weeks. Mm. For now, though, it's Broncos Jaguars. Jacksonville, two and a half point favorites with a 39 and a half over under. Ties Commanders Colts for the lowest over under of the week. Storm clouds gathering over the Broncos. George Payton, the GM, out there giving a vote of confidence to Nathaniel Hackett. Hey, George, somebody may need to give a vote of confidence to you. This is not a great matchup for the Broncos, I think. I mean, Russell Wilson, who knows how healthy he is. Jaguars, better than their record would suggest. Right. You keep picking them every week. That's one of the reasons why you're struggling. <laughs> do, you, do you pick them this week again yes. against the Broncos? Yeah, I am picking them again. I am. I mean, I know they're struggling. It's not like bad play. It's some mess up in situational football. You know, it's... Trevor Lawrence, oh, man, there was two or three plays there last week where if he just makes a really good throw, they really put the the Giants in a tough spot. You know, I'm waiting for him to have that moment of like, wait, I'm taking over a game. I'm the number one pick. I'm that kind of guy. It's been really good. The next thing is the takeover aspect. I don't think that happens today or this weekend. But the Jaguars are showing them they have good balance. ATN is special running the ball. They can open up holes in the run game. You know, I think they got enough offense there to challenge that Broncos defense to where, you know, the Broncos can't just play, oh, they're just a pass team or, oh, they're, you know, severely a big-time run team. And then the big thing is, like you said, I have no faith in the Broncos offense at all. And this Jaguars defense is good. They have an overpowering defensive front. And other than Russell Wilson being the biggest weak link, after that you go to the O-line is an issue. And this is a bad matchup for them. I'm going to go Jaguars 20-17 to over in London. I uh, I agree with you. I've got a lower score, sixteen to thirteen. Oh, I, I, I've, I've raised this question. I don't know if I raised it last week on this podcast, but like, if you just bet the under every game, you're probably making a decent amount of money this year. I think I raised it last week. Um, I did, I did. Pete reminds me, and I'm right. If you take the under, you, uh, you win more often than not. Sixteen, thirteen. I just don't have any faith in the Broncos right now. They have to prove it to me. They'd be 1-6 but for the one drive they put together in primetime against the 49ers. Russell Wilson, even if he plays, he's not 100%. This team just feels like they can't find their way. And I just have more faith in the Jaguars right now, coached by Doug Peterson. They go to London every year. They're in that rhythm. They're in that routine. They know how to do it the right way. And I think they find a way to win the game and get to – what will they be? Three and five. Huge difference between three and five and two and six. The Jaguars can kind of push their way back into it a little bit if they get a win. All right, Sunday, early games. Panthers, after beating the Buccaneers in resounding fashion at Atlanta, the Falcons are four-and-a-half-point favorites. This is a game where, you know, th- there's a there's a way. If the Bucks lose tonight, if the Falcons lose to the Panthers and the Saints beat the Raiders – all four teams in the NFC South will be three and five. That's great. Can the Panthers continue what they started on Sunday against the Bucks and go to Atlanta and beat the Falcons? Well, I don't think it's crazy. I mean, I don't. I'm not going to pick them to win. I am going to take the Falcons. Uh, I, I, I am. I, you know, I, I guess what I look at is I, I know the Falcons' defense is not special, but neither is the Panthers' offense. It's still a struggle for them. I don't expect them to be able to 
you know, break the type of runs that they broke last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Falcons have been pretty good against the run throughout the whole year. You know, I do expect the, the Falcons to be able to run the ball a little bit on the Panthers. I mean, I think this is going to be an ugly football game. That's really kind of how I see it. And it just at home, that type of game, you know, seems to be more comforting to the Falcons than anything. I'm going to go with them to kind of get back on track. I'm not going to pick them to cover the spread. Four and a half is too much for me, but I'm going to go Falcons 20 to 17. It's funny. We've been here before where you pick a game 20 to 17 for one team. And I say 24, 20 for the other with that late touchdown that happened in the giants Ravens game a couple of weeks ago in the final score giants, 24 Ravens 20. I'm doing the same thing here. Yeah. I can't ignore what Steve Wilkes was able to do to beat the Buccaneers. And yes, it all may have started with the Mike Evans drop. And maybe you change that play and the Panthers don't win that game, but they did. And they've got faith in Steve Wilkes. They believe in each other. They're rallying around themselves. They believe the defense is good enough. Deontay Foreman had over a hundred rushing yards. Now Chuba Hubbard, who knows if he'll be able to go, he's got an ankle issue. But even without him, I, I, I'm confident in the Panthers. I like the vibe they currently have. You undermine everything you did last Sunday if you follow it up by crapping down your leg. I'm still resisting the profanity this episode. Yeah, why? But What's going on? What for the that fuck? reason, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I, you know, I went back and forth on this when at one point I had the Falcons. But I said, I, I believe. Yeah. I believe. I'm buying what Steve Wilkes is selling. Let's take the Panthers over the Falcons. Although I have picked the against Atlanta every week. Every week. I, know, I know. I know. Why stop now? That. Why stop now? Maybe one of these weeks I'll pick them to win, but not yet. All right. Bears at Cowboys. Dallas, nine and a half point favorite over a team that thumped the Patriots in New England. But short week, though. Did they go two all in against the Cow- against the Patriots and forgot about what's coming six days later? With a Cowboys win, with a Cowboys cover, over under a 42-and-a-half, Chris, who you got? Well, the Bears' defense is good. That's the first thing that, you know, we got to really digest. Not as good as they were. Well, no, you're right. I know there's no no Robert Quinn, certainly. You know, but I think they do have faith in some of these young guys that are coming off the edge there. That's why they were, like, comfortable with doing it. And like you said earlier today on PFT, you know, they realized that there was no future there with Robert Quinn. They weren't going to keep him and pay him $14 million next year and do that. So they cut the cord. I don't look at it and go, oh, their defense will fall off, though. First off, they're incredibly well coached. You know, so that, that's the first thing that jumps out to me. The pass game. What they do on pass defense, man, I mean, they're really good that way. They're better in man-to-man coverage maybe than I, I gave them credit for. And, and they're great in zones and passing things off. Now, they're not the best at stopping the run, but I don't think the Cowboys are that great of a run football team. At least I'm not ready to put them there. And then the other thing I just look at, as awesome as this Cowboys defense is, I think this could be a little bit of an issue for them in this game. I do. You know, the Bears O-line, the other thing that I think I've maybe misevaluated in the Washington game and then uh, last week have, have made me realize a little bit, they're a little bit bigger and more physical, or a little bigger and, and more physical than I, I gave them credit for early in the year, too. I mean, they got some big dudes on their O-line. And the Cowboys are built on speed. And I think now when you add in the Justin Fields element here and the quarterback design runs – I think that's just enough to make a simple offense all of a sudden kind of seem like it's a pain in the ass and tough to defend. So I'm taking the Cowboys here, 
But I think the spread is, in my opinion, crazy. I do. I don't think it's going to be that big of a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. I think the Cowboys are going to have to work in this one. I'm going to get Cowboys 23-20. to 20. Uh, I got the same idea you do. You know, the Cowboys had to screw around with the Lions this past Sunday. I thought for a while they weren't going to cover the spread. The Lions were holding that offense in check. Yes, they were. Dak Prescott looked a little rusty. They aren't expected to have Ezekiel Elliott this week. Not that that's a huge loss, frankly, because of Tony Pollard, but Dak will be one game better. I expect the Cowboys to win as well. 20-14, to 14, I believe. Yes, that is the score that I have previously selected, and I must honor my prior number that I wrote down that we just pull out of our butts, frankly. But 20-14 to 14, sounds like a football score. Sounds like a well, score. Well, those have been the scores this year. That's where I get, right. done and get done, and I go, man, I got a lot of 2017s and 24-17s. And then you look back at the week, and you go, well, fuck, every game is right around that area. It's not that crazy. <laughs> I love 38-35. We just don't see that very often in this NFL. But I'll go 20-14. to 14. Bears cover, Cowboys win, and off we go. How about this one, the Dolphins and the Lions? I talked about this earlier, the matchup of Mike McDaniel and Dan Campbell, Revenge of the Nerds, as McDaniel goes up to Detroit to take on a guy that will bite off your kneecap, but... Uh, get an F on the math exam. I'm sorry, Dan. Uh, three and a half point favorites. Dolphins on the road against a one win Lions. Got the vote of confidence this week, which is not a good thing. Anytime you get a vote, vote of confidence from ownership, that means the ax could be falling at some point. Do you believe the Dolphins win? Do you believe they cover again over under 51 highest of the week? Yeah, uh, I mean, I do. I do. I, I do believe they win. I do believe they cover. I do. I think that, you know, again, I don't look at this Detroit defense and go, oh, it's anything special. And then this is an offense that poses a lot of problems for you. It does. First off, Detroit can't, they're not good at stopping the run. They're borderline horrible. And now you have to worry about all the RPOs and the screens and the little creative passes where it's fake to Mozart and fake to Tyreek and I throw to Waddle there that make your run defense even worse, let alone you're not that talented in the secondary where I believe you can cover those guys or even rally to make the tackle some of the time. So that's where I worry about them on that side of the ball. I just think there's too many things that they have to worry about for a defense that's not, you know, overly talented. And, and nor do I watch them and go, oh, wow, they're creative scheme outside the box thinker types up there. And then the, the offensive side of the ball for Detroit against the Miami defense. So that's the interesting part, Mike. You know, that's the one where, you know, I, I can see Detroit making plays here, uh, but uh, there's also a part of me that goes, wait, I think that the Dolphins got some big dudes and they could kind of slow down that overpowering run game a little bit. And then, you know, the passing game that we like in Detroit, yeah, but there's not like super explosive guys there. And I think Miami can cover them. So that could make some issues. I, I'm going to go Dolphins 34-21 in this one. That, that's kind of how I feel. Now, there's a part of me that's a little scared that this could be closer just in a shootout standpoint, like maybe it's 34-30 or something. But I don't know. I just think there's going to be too much pressure. The Dolphins are outside the box thinkers on the defensive side of the ball, and I think they got the right ma ma manpower to stop this Detroit offense. I've got 27-17 Dolphins. Look, the Lions missed DeAndre Swift. There's a pretty good chance he'll finally be back. Amon Ross St. Brown was back in the lineup last week. He had one of those spotter pulled him from the game but he didn't have a concussion 
outcomes, and those are going to be more common, frankly, and I got no problem with that. I'd rather them be too cautious than not cautious enough when it comes to the brains of players. And that brings me back to Tua. Just because he got through one game doesn't mean he gets through a second game. And he's going against old-school, rough-and-tumble head coach, bite-your-kneecaps. You know they're going to be coming after Tua. Every team's going to come after Tua. And he said this week that he's never going to lower his shoulder again. It's easy to say those things. Yeah, the emotions. It's so much harder to do it when you go into that spot where emotion takes over, muscle memory takes over, you're playing football. Everything you said four days earlier doesn't matter. You get in the fray and you resort to what you know and you begin doing the things that you're used to doing. And if he takes off and runs the ball with the ball, the Lions are going to come after him. If he's in the pocket, the Lions are going to come after him. That's that's their their really only hope is to disrupt Tua enough that they they have an opportunity to slow down the offense and hope that their offense can finally score more than six total points over two games. Unbelievable how that offense has gone into a funk. Cardinals-Vikings, Minnesota coming out of their bye, three-and-a-half-point favorites, 49 over under. The Cardinals get a little extra time because they played on Thursday night. They had the big win sparked by back-to-back pick sixes. You know, who knows what that game becomes. That's where it's hard. That 14 points out of nowhere right. that just kind of ended the game. I mean, it's 14-6 Saints. Then Cardinals score, two-pointer, 14-14. Boom, there's a pick six. Boom, there's a pick six. 28-14, and it's over. You're right. It's crazy. And, I and Andy Dalton can count a, on lightning strikes like I, that. I know. I know. Exactly. I don't know what to think of it either. I've gone back and forth a little bit with this football game. You know, ultimately, I'm, I'm going to settle with the Vikings here. I am. I do think that the Cardinals, you know, showed some signs on the offensive side of the ball with with uh, DeAndre Hopkins, but you know, I still worry about them, you know, being able to run the ball consistently. I guess I'm not a believer in that yet, even though I know it was pretty good last week. But this is a Vikings front that's been real, and then they got guys as far as like the two edge guys and Zadarius and Daniel Hunter, and that can contain Kyler Murray and then they got two linebackers in the middle and Kendricks and Hicks that can really run right so that's where I I can't see like Kyler Murray taking off and and being crazy that way and then I think the other thing that you know I love the in a lot of ways the the uh the Cardinals defense but you know the Vikings always it's real I don't they can run the ball I mean for real run the ball and that would worry me, you know, with, with the for the Cardinals in that aspect. And the Cardinals are not great up front that way with a ton of big people. And there's enough of a creativity in a passing game that O'Donnell's brought there that, you know, if you do overplay that run game there, that the pass game can certainly tear you up. You know, I, I almost thought about making this maybe like, hey, the Cardinals got a mojo going, the Vikings maybe asleep and feeling themselves after a bye week. But I, don't, I just can't buy into the Cardinals yet. I'm going to go the Vikings win this one 24-20. Yeah, I th- I've got the same margin. I just have a little more scoring, 28-24. Look, I'm concerned what Kyler Murray can do to the Vikings defense because Justin Fields did some things to the Vikings defense. Yep, right. And if Kyler Murray's going to take off and run the ball, I don't know if the Vikings can track him down. There was that play that was called back because of a penalty where, as you said at the time, it looked like Mike Vick against the Vikings 20 years ago. It had everything but the Keystone Cops with two guys running into each other as as the quarterback ran past them. And I think Kyler Murray can do that to the Vikings. Even though the defense was better in their last game, 
at Miami, the, the defense still has more work to do. And they're somehow 5-1. and one. This would not surprise me if this is a trap for the Vikings. They've got two I, I, wonderful games either. before they have to go to Buffalo. Yes. They've got this one, then they have to go to Washington. And they should be 7-1 and one when they go to Buffalo and get the crap stomped out of them there. But I, I, I'm, go, I'm going to have faith in this vibe that the Vikings have developed. Four straight games, find a way to win. At some point, that's not a fluke. At some point, it becomes who you are. At some point, it, it manifests itself. And the opponent starts to sense it. And it's just kind of who you are as a team. And I think that the, the Vikings can, can pull it off 28-24. Uh, and they, they run their record to 6-1. and one, And they have no business being 6-1. and one. Raiders at the Saints. Raiders, one-and-a-half point favorites. New Orleans at 2-5, and five, over under of 50. Chris, you have picked the Saints to win every week this season, and they're 2-5. and five. That would help explain some of your struggles. Do you pick them to win again this week against Josh McDaniels and the Las Vegas Raiders? No, no, I'm done. And, you know, I didn't – I picked this game before I knew that stat, so that did not influence me here. You know, I think I got – you know, I, I just look at it and go, wait, you got one team that I think is starting to play good football, and – the Raiders offensively, you heard me say this today. I mean, they, they, they've got it going on that side of the ball. Run game and pass game to where I just look at it and, and go, man, the Saints are, are struggling on that side of the ball in, in all phases, letting up big plays. And I just think there's too much offense to handle right now. I think Derek Carr has got a grasp of this offense now, and he's very comfortable. You know, and, and it's it, Waller, I wish they had him out there. You know, that would be a great addition, but either way, they're, they got enough guys that you know they were impressive last week between Devontae and Hunter Renfro, and then, of course, the emergence of Josh Jacobs running the football. But at the same time, I do think the Saints are going to move the ball in the Raiders, too. That, that's one thing I look at. The Raiders are you know one of those teams where you could throw, again, into the category that we see a lot in football right now where let up a lot of yards but don't necessarily – uh, you know, always let you score touchdowns. I guess is that what I was going to say there. Um, but but I, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Derek Carr over Andy Dalton and what Josh McDaniels is building right there rather than a Saints team where I just don't know where you're going to get every week here. Uh, I'm going to go Raiders 30-27. to 27. There is one small caveat. Derek Carr was limited in practice on yeah. Wednesday. We taped this on Thursday with a back injury, so that's something to keep an eye on. But – one of the things we said about the Raiders as they slumped into their bye week, hey, look at the schedule. They got some winnable games. They can pull themselves back into it. They looked great last week against the Texans. And Josh Jacobs, they just pissed him off enough to wake him up and make him better than ever. And I know Josh McDaniels, that Patriots vibe of it's a different running back every week. It's game plan specific. I think they've realized, you know what, we got a guy yeah, who can you transcend go with him. that. Right. Just go with him. Right. And they didn't pick up the fifth-year option. They seem to be showcasing him at the Hall of Fame game when they played him, when they started him in a game that, that starters just don't play in. And Josh McDaniels tried to poo-poo it at the time, and now they've found something. So I got Vegas 24-20 uh, to beat the Saints and to send them into a full-blown tailspin. And it underscores my position. Sean Payton's not walking through that door, and no one has replaced Sean Payton in that team. You can't just pull out one of the great coaches of the past 20 years and expect everything to be fine 
when you consider everything Peyton did to make that team competitive. So I think the Raiders go in and win, and the Saints, but for the fact that they're in, in, in the NFC South where they still could turn it around, two and six is not the way you want to start your season. All right, Patriots at the Jets. And even though the Jets are five and two, and even though the Patriots are an enigma, the Patriots are still favored to win the game by two and a half points. They master the Jets. They own the Jets. Bill Belichick still hates the Jets. I resign as HC of the NY. Easy for him to say. NYJ. Do the Patriots extend their winning streak? I think it's it's currently 12 over the Jets. They get it to 13 in New York. 40 and a half over under Chris. Who do you like? Yeah, I think it's a tough matchup for the Jets. I do. And I I got to think that the you know Patriots are going to be a little pissed off too with the way they they played last week. I think that plays in the favor of them. You know, the Jets' offense, it's certainly not been special as of late. We know that. They've played some really good defenses. The one thing they've done in just about all these games, though, even though the statistical output has not been great, they've made plays. You know, But one of their big playmakers is not going to be there in Brees Hall. And I don't know if I trust the pass game of the Jets right now that they can carry the team here versus versus the uh, New England Patriots defense. You know, one, uh, they they have lost their rhythm, like I said. They throw too many balls over the middle in the New York York Jets. Everything is over this way, which has got to change a little bit, all right? But I I look at that and go, yeah, for an offense that's not hitting on all cylinders and kind of been playing it close to the vest, hey, this is a good defense they're playing who understands their scheme. And then I just think one of the other side of the ball – the Jets' defense is fast. It's quick. We know that. But I'm not sitting here ready to say it's dominant yet. They've been fortunate. They've played some, you know, very ordinary offenses, very conservative offenses the last few weeks. Not to say that New England's like game breakers, but I do think New England is trying to push the ball down the field, and I think they got some speed there. And I, and I do think they're going to be able to run the ball on the Jets. So I think between that, I'm going to pick them to win a tough football game. I'm going to go 21, what did I have, 21-17 Patriots. I've got the Patriots 17-14. It just feels like a game where Bill Belichick is going to dig deep, uh, is going to plan and scheme and understand and know and coach his way through the weeds to get a win that they desperately need. They have to beat the Jets. They have to get their their – ship righted after what happened on Monday night. It was such a stunner to lose in that fashion. And there are a few coaches that I would trust to be able to turn it around that quickly on a short week and make it happen. But this is all hands on deck. This is must go beat the Jets. This is try to get things moving in the right direction. And from the Jets' perspective, hey, if they lose, they're still 5-3 and three, and things are still looking good. You're not going to win them all. And the Patriots are going to continue to be a team that is a very tough opponent for the Jets every time they play. All right, Steelers, Eagles. Once every four years, the two Pennsylvania teams get together. The Eagles undefeated. The Steelers, 2-5. and five. The Eagles, 10.5-point favorites with an over-under of 43.5. Could the Steelers actually end up 2-6 and six going into their bye? I think they will. Chris, let me just go ahead and say this. Yeah. Every time I start to believe in the Steelers, they do it to me at the drive-thru. And then I go the other way, and then they win. So I fully expect them to end up winning this game because I'm going to pick the Eagles to win 31-17, to covering the spread. I just feel like the Steelers don't have the horses to match the Eagles. And I think, I think what happened in Miami on Sunday night was the backbreaker. 
uh, the dropped interceptions. Kenny Pickett, he shows flashes, but he's got a long way to go. And I just think this Eagles team coming off of their bye, they've got the vibe, they've got the magic, they've got the sparkle, they've got the talent. They're not going to step into a pothole against a team that they know is very dangerous. I think the Eagles win. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm with you there too. I, I, I mean, I can't. And the Eagles are the most consistent, well-rounded football team in the sport. And, you know, we saw that, yeah, the, the Dolphins were close to making even some more plays on that Steelers defense last week. And, of course, this is an offense that's, that's better than the Dolphins. And it has a more overpowering offensive line that they have to really respect and worry about there. You know, let alone some of the A.J. Brown, Devontae Smiths type stuff that the Dolphins did on the edge and made life hard on them. And then you know, the Philadelphia defenses, you're, for, they're not going to run the ball on Philadelphia. I mean, Pittsburgh can't run the ball on anybody. The one thing I'd say, and why I'm going to pick Pittsburgh to barely cover the spread here, because I'm going to take Eagles 27-17, is if there's one thing you can do on the Eagles a little bit is the short passing game. And I feel like that's Pittsburgh. That's what they are. Uh, it, it's dink and dunk, short passes. He's smart. He knows how to read the coverage. And he gets the ball to the appropriate guy. I think they'll kind of like slow the game down and hang around that way a little bit. Hang around, you know, within reason, I should say. But ultimately, yeah, I just think they're too good. And I'm, I'm going to take the Eagles, Eagles by 10, but not going to cover the spread. I just 10 and a half was too much. I still won't be surprised if the Steelers win, but they got to prove it to me, and they got to show some consistency. And they're going into their bye week, and two and six versus three and five, a huge difference. I just don't think they can do it anymore. I just don't think they have the talent to do what Mike Tomlin needs to do. All right, let's take a break. We've got several late games on Sunday afternoon, four of them to discuss when PFTPM and Chris Sims unbutton continue right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, Week 8 Joint Mega Picks Podcast, 4 o'clock games. I don't know how Titans-Texans ended up as a 4 o'clock game, but it is. The Titans, two-point favorites, only two-point favorites at the Jack Easterby-less Houston Texans, 40-and-a-half over under. Chris, you have picked the Texans to lose every week this season. Well, that's not that bad. They've lost more often than they've won. Yes, How right. dare you disrespect a team that's incapable of winning many games? Do the Titans continue that quiet, low-key assault on the AFC South? Yes, they do. I do, and I, I expect them to kind of control the football game. You know, one, the, the Titans, uh, they, they've shown they can stop the run, and that's really all I worry about when you play the Houston Texans. And I know Davis Mills can have moments of – being efficient and doing some good things, but not to the point where it scares you that, oh, wow, they're going to be explosive in the pass game and do some crazy stuff that way. 
You know, so that's where I don't think they're good enough in that area to take advantage of maybe a weakness or a, a, a weakness of this Tennessee Titans football team. And I just think the Tennessee Titans, you know, the Texans too, not very good on defense. And I know the Tennessee Titans can't like throw the ball all that way, but I think they're, as we've said, even a little last week, the formula is starting to work as far as running the football, being consistently good with it. And they're kind of playing their style of ball. I just don't see that changing here with the Houston Texans. Even though I know they give them problems, Houston is just everybody runs on them. Everybody. And now they're going to play this team. I just have a hard time picking them or thinking that they can stay close to that spread. I'm going to take the Titans 24-16. to 16. The only hope for the Texans would be if Ryan Tannehill can't go or if he's severely limited. But they still have Derrick Henry. And, hey, Malik Willis, give him a whole week to get ready. Who knows what he can do? I like the Titans in this just because I like the vibe the Titans have. Quiet, under the radar, just check boxes, win games, stay competitive, and keep moving toward an AFC South crown. Titans win 28-20. to Let's move on to another game involving an AFC South team, this one with a new quarterback. It's a Taylor Heineke-Sam Ellinger matchup, and – there's a chance it could be interesting. I don't know. A couple of quarterbacks who have similar styles. Pocket starts to break down. They have the mobility to make something happen, extend the play. Is it crazy to think that come? I mean, you know, look at the records here. This is one where when you think about the teams, you think they both suck. All due respect. Then you see the records. Commanders are three and four. Colts three, three and one. Whoever wins this game isn't in bad shape, Chris. Who do you think it's going to be? No, I know. It's, I've, I've gone back and forth with this football game. You know, I, I, I honestly, I, I want to pick the Colts. I think the only thing I worry about a little bit is just going, man, it is your first game, Sam Ellinger. And it is the Washington defense that, you know, we know can, can cause problems for a quarterback. And then you're not a team that's been, you know, very good at running the football or being consistent in that area. Now that's where it's like, I do give them a little advantage. I think we might see some parts of their offense that are different this week. And the big thing is, you know, they can stretch the field a little bit with Sam Ellinger's arm. He can scramble and maybe extend a few drives by getting a first down. There's the quarterback run, you know, possibility and the design run there. I mean, he's a big, strong guy. I mean, if I remember correctly from watching his days at Texas, he's 6'3", 235, close to 240. I don't think people realize how big Sam Ellinger is. He's thick. So I, I, I think you might see a different style of football that can match, catches the commanders off guard. And, and the other thing here is, you know, the commanders, yeah, we know they can, you know, they got some dangerous people in the pass game. But, man, the Colts can play pass defense, and they can rush the passer. And the Commanders don't have a run game. And even though they won last week, Taylor Heineke did his best to throw three, four, five interceptions. I mean, the Packers dropped four to five interceptions, two or three pick sixes, and they had one pick six. So I'm going to go with the Colts here. Even though, like, my football intuition wants to go, you know, don't pick the team that starts a quarterback that's never started in the NFL. I think they're going to beat into his brain so much of just like, hey, run the ball, scramble, take a sack, don't try to throw it like Matt Ryan as you're getting hit or anything. 17-16, Colts on a close one. 
By the way, the Colts are three-point favorites with an over-under of 39.5. I neglected to mention How that. Dare you. And I have picked Washington to lose every single week Oh, that's because the Dan Snyder factor. My apologies, <laughs> Daniel <laughs> no, and Tanya Snyder. Um, you can't, you want to, every week you go, dis, you probably get to that game and go, dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things. I'm going to pick against them. <laughs> By the way, speaking of dysfunctional, it's Ellen Gurr, not Ellen Gurr. And how dare you mispronounce the name of the little boy I know. who aspired to be you. He was you. I'm Chris Sims, he declared <laughs> at a youthful age. While he was still in diapers, I'm Chris Sims. I, I hope, I hope. That one of these days he ends up sitting across from you and pointing out that my name is Ellinger, not Ellinger. It's my. I have the the hardest. I I constantly do this constantly, and uh, yeah. It, and listen, this is one of the this is one of the coolest things I ever saw. It was a great honor. You know, they played this again at Texas Oklahoma his senior year. And he's in the backyard there before my junior year. That would be August eighteenth, two thousand one, where. You know, I don't know. That year, I think we were preseason number two team in the country. We were damn good. Uh, and yeah, that, that was cool. And I know, I got to get his damn right. Sam Ellinger, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. I'm rooting for him, though. Yeah, sure you are. I, I hope that when the two of you finally meet, yep. you say I'm Chris Sims, and he says, I'm Major Applewhite, motherfucker. <laughs> he won't do that. He doesn't like him. He likes Chris Sims. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. Right. All right. Let's get to it. Sorry, you got to bleep out four syllables there, Kristen. Uh, from, from my perspective, I, we've already, you've already – yeah, my, my pick. Yeah. we got we to move on. Yeah. We gotta move. We've had too much fun. What are you We're wasting do? time. I got the commanders. Yes, I do. I'm Taylor the, Heineke yeah. getting it done. Right. Ron Rivera getting it done. And you know what? Hey – this whole Matt Ryan thing, the guys in the locker room know it's a business decision made by ownership. <laughs> the coach made it clear that this is an Ursay move. You may have some guys in the locker room that aren't feeling good about this. We want to try to win games. We're 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. What the hell's going on here? What, what are we doing benching the guy who was the MVP, who's putting his heart out there? He's laying his body on the line every single game. No offense to the kid. But why are we casting aside the guy that's doing everything he can to try to will this team to victory? I think that's a lot to process in one week. I really do. Ellinger's going to have to win these guys over, and I don't think he does it right away. I think that's enough. Dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things. Right now, what the Colts have done with Matt Ryan is just a little more dysfunctional than everything going on in Washington. That's why I picked the Commanders. Finally, you're welcome, PFT commenter and Matthew Berry, the only two Commanders fans I know, for picking the Commanders to win. So what are you going to pick? What's the score? Say it. I did. 13-10. Oh, 13-10. Okay. Commanders win. Okay. All right. All right. 49ers, Rams. The 49ers home away from home. SoFi Stadium where there will be an outpouring of 49ers support. Silent count for the Rams coming off of their bye week. The 49ers favored by one and a half. Over under of 43. Chris, who do you like? I like the 49ers. I'm not changing there. The Rams don't do anything for me to think like, they're going to change this outcome. You know, I know the 49ers are still even a beat-up football team. I get that. It's just a bad matchup. And that score last week of that football game against the Chiefs is a little misleading, too. Uh, it wasn't that out of hand. It wasn't. You know, it, it got away from them at the very end of the football game, and you know, Mahomes and them kind of piled it on. But, damn, it was 28-23, right? I mean, what was it, fourth quarter when it was that score? 
Yeah, I mean, there was, you know, 14 minutes left in the fourth quarter. It wasn't that much of a, like, oh, my gosh, we got major issues here. It's a special team, Kansas City. They're good. They are really good. They should have one loss on the year, and that's only to the Bills, and that was a heartbreaker. So the, the 49ers, we've talked about this a ton. They pose, they pose problems to the Rams, and I don't see anything on the Rams' offense to make me think, like, oh, wow, you know, the bye week, they should – they should be able to tinker with this and tinker with that and fix some issues. No, it's hard to fix issues when you can't block people or can't run the ball at all or do anything that way. And I don't, I don't care. There's nothing you can do. They, they can't hide that. And I just think the 49ers in a desperation game and the fact that they own this team and they match up well with them, and now you get to see the real unveiling of the Christian McCaffrey offense here where Shanahan now has had – 10 days to play with this, I, I just think it's going to be too much. And I think it's going to allow them to, you know, you know, have a lot of creative Shanahan specials, what I call. I'm going to go 49ers, 21-17. I got 28-17, 49ers, a late Christian McCaffrey touchdown. Look, he had 10 touches on 22 snaps last week. Um, so they use him a lot when he's on the field. Yeah. And he'll be on the field more this week, 28% of the snaps last week. And I agree with you, that was a close game until the Chiefs score a couple of touchdowns late and pull away. 28-23, the 49ers tightened it up until the Chiefs pulled away. The 49ers getting a little desperate. They're dangerous when they're desperate. They're dangerous against the Rams. I don't care that Sean McVay's had two weeks to get ready. This Rams team isn't good enough to make up that gap. And I think we see the 49ers win this one, cover the spread. I got them winning by double digits, 28-17. Giants-Seahawks, the only game this week between – Two teams who are above 500, both surprisingly above 500. Giants, 6-1. and one. Seahawks, 4-3. and three. Seahawks, three-point favorites at home. You have picked the Seahawks to lose every week this season. How dare you? Do you pick them to lose again well, to your New York Giants? You, you go, you're the Giants expert. I've, I've, I've picked the Seahawks to lose every week this season. I've probably picked the Giants to lose like four out of the seven games. I mean, yeah, the Cowboys games, the only game I picked the Giants, the one they lost. So, and the Bears, the Bears, I picked them to beat the Bears. So that that's, I, I'm all over the place with this one. You go ahead. You start off with this one, Mr. You know, I want to smoke a cigar with Brian Dayball. Well, and this is where I'm conflicted. Yeah. Because Brian Dayball is the new kid on the block, but Pete Carroll is the guy who just keeps getting it done. He's one win away from matching the great Bud Grant. I've got a Bud Grant portrait down in the barn. Maybe I need to get a Pete Carroll portrait down in the barn. Maybe the Vikings He's would be better off if they had hired Pete Carroll at some point along the line. Bud Grant hired Pete Carroll in 1985 to coach the defensive backs in Minnesota. So I, I, people say to me all the time, well, not all the time, but from time to time. It's not a constant question. But what do you root for? Who do you root for? I root for good stories. And what story is better right now in the NFL? I, I know to me the most compelling story is they they trade Russell Wilson and he falls apart with the Broncos. And somehow the Seahawks are winning. And Geno Smith is awesome. And Ken Walker III reminds me of Adrian Peterson in 2007. And Tariq Woolen is a great defensive rookie they could have the offensive and defensive rookie of the year both 
in Seattle this season, depending upon what Sarge Gardner does the rest of the way in New York. Yeah. I just I'm I'm smitten with what the Seahawks are doing. I love what Brian Dayball is doing with a collection of spare parts that were compiled by Dave Gettleman that really aren't that good, but Dayball is making it work. I just think that this thing and the whole mystique of the twelves is starting to come back. This is a tough spot. Maybe I'd feel differently at MetLife Stadium. But in Seattle, I got the Seahawks twenty seven twenty. I get it. I mean, it, it's it, this to me is one of the harder games to to pick of the week here. You know, for for a few different reasons. I've gone back and forth with this one. I really have. One, like, you know, the the Giants' defense, you can run the ball on them. I don't think they've seen an offense like this yet. Not as well balanced as the Seahawks. You know, right where you go with the Seahawks. They're, they're arguably the most explosive team in football. Uh, they can rip off 60-yard gains like you've never seen before in your life. And the Giants can give up plays. The one thing they don't do, though, is give up points. You know, so you can move the ball and do that, but it's hard to score touchdowns against Wink Martindale and what he's doing there. He is. But I do. When I think about that part of the matchup, I get scared going, man, Kenneth Walker starts to rip off a few runs and then watch out. Everything's open. And – and, uh, you know, Geno's aggressive in the passing game. But the other aspect of this that, uh, that I think about, too, is the Seahawks' defense. I mean, they can't stop the run. They are horrible at stopping the run. And then you go, whoa, here comes Saquon Barkley and company. And we know Daniel Jones has been playing great off of that, you know, and, and there. So I've gone back and forth here, but I'm going to go with the G-men. I am. I'm going G-Men 27-24 on the road. I think this game can be fun and have a lot of back and forth, but I'm going G-Men finally. Come on, G-Men. Come through for me. Florio's got the Seahawks. I got the G-Men. It's time I win one of these damn matchups against you. Let's take a break. Prime time, Sunday, Monday night, when PFTPM and Chris Sims unbutton continue right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Sunday night football, the Green Bay Packers at the Buffalo Bills. Good Lord, the Bills are favored by 11.5 points with an over-under of 47.5. Does your boy Blue overcome the greatest quarterback of all time, in your opinion? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, he does overcome it. He does. Uh, you know, and again, I, I still think Aaron Rodgers is amazing, but he ain't on the same playing field as my boy Blue right now. My boy Blue, and uh, you hear me say, and I, I keep trying to pound this into people's brains here because I, I think it needs it, is my boy Blue and my homie in red, and you know the guys we like to watch, they're so much better than the rest of football with Joe Burrow coming in as a, the third, who's, who's really awesome, you know, but it's those guys. But, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't – the Packers, the dink and dunk, just to run in the football against this defense and their coaching scheme – 
You know, the one thing I say is the Packers defense, it's still good. I'm not giving up on them. I could see them giving this Bills offense a little more issues than we've seen in the past. I, 11 and a half is too much for me. I'm going to go like a dominant 30 to 20 type game. The Packers are desperate here. So I just don't think they're going to get blown out of the water. See, I've had faith in the Packers all year long. Yeah. Pick them in week one to beat the Vikings. Pick them last week to beat Washington. Yeah. And I've made them best too, bets and right. they've screwed me at the drive through. I'm done. I'm off. That game last week and all this other dysfunction, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. If I'm wrong, I'll own it. Hey, Packers, if you want to use this motivation, be my guest. Prove to me that you don't suck. 42 to 10. Bill's statement game. Wow. Changing of the guard, although the, jar, the guard has already changed. I rarely pick blowouts, but the Bills have had a week to get ready for this one. I just I feel like and and I know Aaron Rodgers has never been a double digit underdog and, and this is where I said the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. I just don't think the Packers can do it against this Bills team at this time. Forty two to ten. Monday Night Football. Bengals three and a half point favorites at the Browns. Over under of forty seven. Battle of Ohio. Browns trying to avoid falling to two and six going into their bye week. Who do you like, Chris? I like the Bengals. I got no faith in the Browns. I don't. Just in a lot of ways. I just don't trust them. I f- always feel like they're going to do something dumb in a big moment. You know, you, their, their defensive line, you can run on them. And I know the Bengals are not a great running team, but I think this is just to give them a little something to open up more big plays in the pass game. You know, there's some beat-up players on that Browns, that Browns defense. They're not totally healthy there. And then I just look at the other side of it and and – you know, the Bengals, they, they can stop the run. That's not an issue for them. You know, the Bengals, I love their defense. I like the way they're coached. I like their talent. And they're hanging in there without D.J. Reader. Uh, they're doing a lot of good things there. So I just think slowly but surely they kind of just wear the Browns down and make too many plays on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going Bengals 31-21. I've got the Bengals 35-20. to So the same thought process. Look, the Bengals are starting to figure it out. The Bengals are starting to make it happen. Joe Burrow, 481 passing yards last weekend, 155 for Tyler Boyd, a couple of touchdowns for Jamar Chase, if I recall correctly, some great catches. They, they just look like the team they were last year. It took them a while to get there. They're still only 4-3. and three. They've lost three games, walk-off style. They're better than 4-3 and three would suggest. I feel like the Browns are worse than 2-5. and five. I think this is an easy win, quick night, unfortunately, because I like a good primetime game that, that goes down to the wire. I just don't think the Browns have the firepower to keep it close to the Bengals. 35-20, Bengals win. Let's take a break. When we return, our best bets for Week 8 and our Folsom Prison Blues pick, PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned. We'll be back after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, best bets time. We both suck this year. We're horrible. We're terrible, but we still keep plugging away. Three plays against the spread or over under that we like. Chris, you're up first. All right, I'm going to go with the Bears. All right, 
I'm going with the Bears. Nine and a half is too much. I don't think the, the Cowboys are one of those teams that blow anybody out. And I think the Bears' defense is very good. And I think the, the added influence of the quarterback design run is going to be issues for the Cowboys to where it's just going to slow the game down and make it ugly. Nine and a half is just too much. I'm taking the Bears. I got the Dolphins giving the Lions three and a half in Detroit. I think this one has the potential to be ugly. Yes, to and on. I'm picking the Dolphins to cover, and I'm putting them down as a best bet. I'm doing it as well. I'm going there too. I, I, I am. You know, I, 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 I could see the Lions scoring some points here too, but I just think ultimately they won't be able to keep up. And I think this is one of those games where Jared Goff does some Jared Goff things, throws a pick six, fumbles, strip sack. It's just too much. The Dolphins create too much chaos on the defensive side of the ball. Raiders minus one and a half at the Saints. I know Dennis Allen would like to get some revenge for the team that fired him once upon a time, but I think the Raiders are starting to figure it out. And the Saints, you got guys like Alvin Kamara saying, we got to play for pride. Well, boy, you know it's falling apart when you're resorting to that as a way to motivate professional athletes. The Saints are underachieving, and I take uh, the Raiders. Yep. One more each. All right. I'm going to go with the Bengals. I am. The Bengals are the next team I'm going. The Bengals, I think, like you said it last segment, they're going in the right direction. I think their offense has found just enough creativity in how they want to play. They're starting to make big plays. I got no faith in the Browns, really. They'll mess up some situation somehow, and the Bengals' defense is good, too. I, I get the Bengals as well. I hate that we agree on this. But, but I like a Monday night best bet. I like having something to really make me invested in that last game of the week. Or or when you pick the, the, the Patriots as a best bet, and I can root for the Bears. Damn All right, it. Folsom Prison real quick. Give me one. Give me one. Give me one. Who wins? The Packers. Up, the Bills beat the Eagles. Packers. Okay. All right. Good. See you next time. I, thought I picked the team the that's going to die, not the team that's going to live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.